This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. On the play, they, they got me. I mean, they, they, they were all game. They were playing one coverage, and out of nowhere, they threw me with a shell coverage um, with a corner who had been playing, just kind of getting out of there the whole time. He, he dropped down and played cover two, and so it, it got me. I mean, I don't throw it just straight to guys most, most times. And so, um, but we got lucky enough that it bounced around, hit the ground, and I'll be able to get another chance at it. Um, I'm sure PFF will have me a low grade for that, but uh, I'll keep it rolling. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. It is noon on a Friday, but it is 5 o'clock somewhere. Welcome into the Friday Happy Hour. He is Connor Rogers. I am Matthew Berry. Long live the D. Long live Tenacious D. Hey, man, it is a great show. We have a lot planned to get to. Crazy game from Thursday night. A lot of injury updates as well. Some players and bets to make for week number two in the NFL. Connor. But I think we got to start with Patrick Mahomes right Absolutely. there, right? You know, doesn't have a great PFF grade, but does come away with the win. Uh, and uh, overall, a decent fantasy day, 235 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, rock solid. Obviously, the ball being spread around in this offense yet again. I think we know that's going to be a theme this year. The Chargers also had some big-time performers even in the loss. But a Thursday night football game, they had a lot of hype, and it felt like it lived up to it. Besides one guy that's kind of on the outside looking in Juju Smith-Schuster today. I have a, I have a contrarian take on Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. I'm in. I'm buying the dip. I, look, he had a really good game week one, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. He was bad last night. I get it. Uh, he, he was uh, three for ten yards, three tar- targets. All right, so bad, right? Not, not good. Hashtag not good. His average depth of target in week uh, one, 10.3. His average depth of target last week, 1.3. Big dip. They, they turned him back into, yeah. you know, Pittsburgh juju. Right? So, I, like, I don't understand it. I don't understand, like, what Andy Reid was doing. Here's my thought process. Felt like they were playing him deep. You know, a lot of times people try to take the Chiefs out of the game and Mahomes out of like, we're going we're gonna to play too high deep. We're going to, like, try to take yeah, – Dink and we'll, dunk. We'll, we'll yeah. let you dink and dunk us. Um, and it was working there for a while. And you saw the Chiefs react by, hey, we're going to go more run heavy. We're going to dump off more to the running back. And so – they use that. The point I would make here is that last year, Tyreek Hill, the great Tyreek Hill, we all agree Tyreek Hill over Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Sure. Tyreek Hill last year had six different games with under 10 fantasy points. And so if that's Tyreek Hill, if Tyreek Hill had six different games last year with under 10 fantasy points, and I don't think anyone thinks back on last year, it's like, ah, it was a down year for Tyreek. Tyreek was really good for fantasy last year, right? So if he had six different games with under 10 fantasy points, with single-digit fantasy points, that's obviously going to be part of the game with Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Next week when I do my rankings, the highest-ranked Chiefs wide receiver I'll have will be Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's the most talented on this team. I think you're, some days you're going to have games like this. It was a weird game. It's a short week against a yes. division rival that knows them well. I'm going to bet on the talent of Juju and him getting more of a connection as the season goes on with Mahomes. I think it's great because let's not overlook, the Chargers' defense is good. Yes, they've spent a lot of money on this defense. They've drafted a lot of pieces. They've invested so much in this defense. You have Derwin James patrolling the middle of the field, which yep. made it an interesting night for Kelsey. There was a lot going on here where if you look at it, you're like, you can't overreact. Now, I like what you said, though, buy low. Maybe there are some people that are panic-selling <sighs> Juju. Uh, he's not going to be dropped by any stretch of the no, means, but not, you're not sitting him. No, you're not dropping him. Again, like, it, it's going to be depend- – like, he's a wide receiver three with upside, which, by the way, is what you drafted him as. And so yes. he's had one good week. He's one, had one bad week. By the way, you know what else we could say about that? Mike Williams, and we'll get to him in a second. Yep. But, like, it's the NFL. The amount of wide receivers that have consistently high games week to week to week to week are not, you know, are few and far between. Like, there's not a ton of guys like that where you're like, that guy is always 15 points every single week. So, anyway, I am less concerned about Juju Smith-Schuster than I think a lot of fantasy managers are. It was a bad game. It's disappointing. But for me, I'm still in on the talent. There's a tweet. I want to show this tweet. Like, can we show that tweet? Like, this tweet drove me crazy. Here's a tweet. So this is from uh, at the Points Bet USA, and it, it's the meme of the girl that's you know crying during the dance. You've seen it a million times. Yep. And uh, Juju Smith-Schuster after finishing tonight's game with two catches for 17 yards. That's a tweet. Like first off, Juju isn't feeling sad at all. Juju got a W. Juju doesn't care. If you want to say Juju Smith-Schuster, fantasy managers, okay, fine. Yeah. But like, I got news for you. Whoever runs the Points Bet Sportsbook social account. Juju's not worried about the fact that he only got two for 17. And by the way, you even got, you even got the stats wrong uh, on your tweet, by the way. It was three for 10. <laughs> three for 10. Like, if you're going to troll a guy, at least get the stats right. Stuff like that, I was going to use a different word. Stuff like that drives me crazy. When Stuff. We, when we, when we troll. I don't know why anyone trolls NFL players. You want to troll an NFL player? You want to troll a fantasy manager? You want to troll me for saying, oh, Barry had Juju on his love list? And he, I didn't have him on the love list, by the way, to be clear. But, like, you want to troll me? Like, I get wrong calls. You want to troll me? Fine. That's part of my gig. That's what I signed up for. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, that's, a, I, that's like the dumbest tweet I've seen because it's like <laughs> Juju is very happy. Trust me. If you said to Juju Smith-Schuster, hey, you're only going to have three for ten every week, but you'll, you'll go undefeated, he'd, like, sign me up. And I'm, in, I'm playing yeah. the Super Bowl, sign me up. And let's be real. It's not like Mahomes threw for 350 and he just was sitting in the corner, not a part of it. it was a, it's the flow of the game. They ran the ball well and they got a pick six. I mean, they, they were cheated of at least one yeah. offensive possession because they got a 99-yard t- pick six. Anyway, let's, let's – Yeah, I want to go, though, stay with the Chiefs, yeah, but go sure. to a different wide receiver that I think the panic level actually has to be turned on a little yeah. bit, and that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, leads the Chiefs wide receivers in snaps. Yep. But just not much going on in terms of production. So I know you're still in on Juju. You're not worried about Juju. We've seen production week one. MBS right now. Do we have a panic level? Do we have a fear level here? A we do not because we do not have any shares of Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yes, but for those that do. Well, okay, fair enough. For other people for other people that ignored me. the suckers me and, out there. The suckers out there that yeah. are sitting there with MBS. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is welcome to Dumpsville population you. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it's, it's a Simpsons quote, right? And it's, we use it on the old show. But, uh, yeah, MVS to me is welcome to Dumpsville population you. Again, so this is a game in which Mahomes played well, magical at moments. Seven targets for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had a 20% target share, which was higher than any wide receiver on the Chiefs. Yeah. And he finished. By a good margin. Right, I mean, right, 
and he was two for 13. So, like, in a, in a game in which Mahomes played well, and he got a 20% target share and seven targets, he only comes up with two for 13? No, thank you. Yeah, there's no explosive plays with him right now. And I think when the Chiefs signed him, the thought was Tyreek's out, yeah. MBS is in, he's going to be the new down-the-field guy. And the Chiefs are kind of showing you, if you're going to always take that away from us and you have a pass rush, you're facing a pass rush with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, sure. we don't need to those explosive plays to go down the field. That's, that's right. And, like, are, am I saying that MBS is not going to have a big game here or there? Of course he is. Like, if you're on the field with Patrick Mahomes – Magical things happen. Just ask Jarek McKinnon, right? I mean, you know, yeah. or anyone that started him last night, which I had to in a very deep league. Um, and it paid off. What I would say is, is that I don't know that you're never going to know when to start Marquez Valdez-Scantling unless there is injuries, you know, where significant injuries. And so, because Miko Hardman can play that role as well. Judas Schuster is fast. He can play that role. By the way, we saw that Justin Watson last night can play that role. And just going there, by the way, that's another guy that's also rostered in a lot of leagues, Sky Moore. So the injury happens to Hardman, and it isn't Sky Moore that comes no. in. It's Justin Watson, who makes a really nice play, beats J.C. Jackson. Turned him around. Turned him around. Yeah. Like, and so my point there is not that you need to rush out and get Justin Watson this year. I have him in a dynasty league. I like him as a deep dynasty flyer. And Sky Moore, I'm still high on him in dynasty as yeah. well. But a lot of people drafted Sky Moore as kind of this trendy sleeper in redraft, and he's another guy that like just he can't get on the field. When he couldn't get on the field in that situation – and it was Watson that went in ahead of him, like, what are we doing here with Sky Moore? Like, you're going to need to see something. He's playing special teams. Yep. And so, like the long-term prospects of the, uh, of the young man, but in redraft leagues, I think you can safely drop him as well. That tells me that they have some maybe playbook concerns, and it's not long-term because he's a rookie. It's week two. But the fact Justin Watson, a guy that's hung around the league for a couple of years, they're just more comfortable yeah. with that route. Yeah, yeah. It was a real nice play with Justin Watson. Like, you know. Big time. Big time. J.C. Jackson fully I mean, turned around. Yeah, thousand percent. Yep. Thousand All right. percent. That, so, one, that one opened some eyes, I think. Uh, some good and, news. And Mahomes addressed it in the, in, uh, in the postgame. If you watch the postgame on Prime, uh, you know, that he actually addressed that and just saying, like, you know, that he worked out with him some this summer. And he he like, trusts him. Right? And he just said, like, he, he, called, he called Beach and he said, like, wait, who's this kid we just got? Because, you know. So, anyway, he's, he's opened some eyes, uh, certainly with Patrick as well. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yes, sir. Good two weeks so far. Yeah. Using the passing game, broke off a big run, held onto the ball like he was running home with like, the groceries like, or whatever like, it was. Well, like if I was running the ball, man, like that's us, how I would do it. All of us, yes. yes exactly. Although we, I would get down instantly. He yeah. kept going. <laughs> and he did slide down. But, I mean, really strong two weeks. It's clear that the role in this offense is evident as the guy so far. I don't know if you could trust his usage as a pure runner week after week, but you do like what you see in the passing game so far because it's a focal point right now. You like what you've seen in the passing game. Uh, there's no question about it. Got the six targets, 444. Here's a concern, though. CEH ran well, right? I mean, again, so we talked about it this game. They gave them this, they gave them the underneath stuff, and so great. They're going to dump it off to CEH. They used it a lot. I think if there's a positive takeaway, it's like, okay, if you're starting a Chiefs running back, it's clearly him. Going into the season, we thought this might be a three-headed committee. Yeah. Is Isaiah Pacheco going to be a thing? Doesn't look like no. that two weeks <laughs> in. Um, you know, he got some junk time last yep. week. He didn't do really anything last night. So it looks like it is the CEH show with Jarek McKinnon on third down and some two-minute. He's faster than, than Edwards Helier. Here's my concern. He ran well last night. Still only got 12 touches. Yeah. 118 total yards on 12 touches. Still played under 45% of snaps in both games. 10 touches week one, 12 touches in week two. Both games in which the, the Chiefs won. 
So, you know, favorable game script, in theory, for a running back, right? And they were up big against Arizona, and they had to come back in this one. But still, like, I don't know, man. Like, I think he's a flex play with upside, maybe a lower-end RB2. But I I don't know how much touchdown equity he's going to have. I know he had the two touchdowns in week one. I, I think that's a little fluky. I'm just concerned that, again, he can't seem to break, you know, it doesn't seem like you're ever going to see a game where he gets 15, 17, ever 20 touches. Like, he's, he's a 10 to 12 touch guy. Maybe he gets up to 14. So, again, solid RB2. Clear pecking order now in the Chiefs running back. But I think still I'm pumping the brakes a little bit because he ran well and still isn't playing over half the snaps. When you frame it like that, a guy also with a serious injury history. Yes, he's always banged up. Is there any part of you that goes maybe a sell-high candidate? Don't mind it. Right? Certainly don't mind it. Again, he's the head of a committee, but it's still somewhat of a committee, and it's a pass-first offense. It's a pass-first offense. So I, I just, again, and they're going to spread it around. And so uh, if we could count on the passing game usage, that's interesting. And maybe teams will look at how the Chargers played them last night, and, but not everyone has the Chargers personnel to get no, away with that. not at all. So that's the, you know, I think he's a low-end RB, too. But, but, yes, if somebody is excited off the two, you know, it was an island game. A lot of eyes were on it last night. Yeah, he had running two back desperation. Right. He, he, he ran well in week one. So, yeah, I don't mind him as a sell high. But it, to me, I'm, if I'm ranking him for the rest of the season, I think he's in that 18 to 22 range. All right, let's move to the Chargers. Yes, the sir. losing team with a nice backdoor cover. Well yes. done by uh, Justin Herbert. Gutsy. Some people, and by some people I mean this guy. Yes. Are calling it the guttiest backdoor cover of all time by Justin Herbert. All time. Right, exactly. Our friend Jay Croucher, who is celebrating his 30th birthday this week, and he'll be back on Monday as well. But he tweeted out, no Chargers plus four better can say a bad word about Justin Herbert for the rest of life after what he just did for you. On one rib, on half a hamstring, you know, couldn't even run for a first down. Just threw the ball Down away. by 10. But he's like, no, no, no. There are guys like Matthew and Jay out there that, that, that believed us to cover. You know, cover first. Win later. Yeah. Very important rule, as we ask all NFL players. Cover first, win later. And so that's what Justin Herbert did, the guttiest, the guttiest backdoor cover I, I've ever seen. And so uh, some people are saying that. And some, some people, people are. Yeah, some they, people are. They, they even could have kicked the field goal, then done the onside's kick. Sure. That's, how, that's a higher percentage that's play. That's how gutsy it was. So gutty. You, so just, gutty. And by the way, and, and we'll talk about – we might as well get into the wide receivers here – Bailed out somebody that had Josh Palmer on his love list and talked him up the, you know, and I'm getting grief on from social media. And I I'm saw. like, guys. After guys, like two, one quarter, people were like, like yeah. you told us this would be great. Right, exactly. The promised land. Yeah, exactly. Give me until the game's over before you troll me. You know, <laughs> Literally, like at least the end of the game. Literally, and so, whatever, 10 seconds left. Josh Palmer. All counts the same. All counts the same. They matter. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Um, but let's talk about this because it's hard to really do. I don't want to take too much away from this because a few things. Again, short week, and they're on the road at a division rival yep. against another good defense and no Keenan Allen. So I don't know that you can really take anything away from, okay, other than one of the reasons we liked Mike Williams and Josh Palmer coming into this game. Mike Williams made the love list. Josh Palmer was other receiving votes in the love list. By the way, love, hate, available for free on NBC Sports Edge and rotoworld.com right now. I'm a company man. The fact is, is that we liked it because we'd seen their production without Keenan Allen. Another game without Keenan Allen, another game with production, with strong production. So to me, that's, that's tellable. But I think what's important here, in the case of Josh Palmer, 91% of snaps. Mike Williams played 88% of snaps. They were out there for a, almost every snap. And if you're on the field with Justin Herbert, good things are going to happen. Yeah, it's as simple as that. It was something we talked about over the summer. Palmer's a guy that you draft to wait for an injury to Keenan Allen. And that injury happens, you get him on the field. But Mike Williams... 
a, a real week one dud. I saw more panic over Mike Williams than I have ever seen after one week. Comes out and dominates last night. And, and Justin Herbert looked for him early and often, even when covered, because you know he could win in those contested catch situations. Eight uh, catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Big bounce back from Mike Williams. Big bounce back, and this is what he does. And it's a little bit of a roller coaster with BMW. Always Big is. Mike Williams is yeah. what it is. With, when you draft Mike Williams, this is what you sign up for, and you're just he is somebody you just you put in your lineup every single week, and we just don't think about it because there's going to be some good and there's going to be some some bad. But I believe that there will be a changing of the guard this year in uh, Los Angeles uh, and the Chargers, that by the end of the year, he will be the one. Keenan Allen will be the two. That catch in the end zone, that one-handed catch in the – I mean, like, that's, what, that's what that guy can do. Yes. That's what that guy can do. And so Palmer is a nice piece as well. Again, I think he's a stash. And if Keenan Allen gets banged up again, which has happened over the course of his career at various times, um, it's worth noting. By the way, Mike Williams has also had dealt with injuries. Each of the last three games that either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams has missed, Josh Palmer has scored. So, I, you know, again. the opportunity play, for him. Right. I mean, like, Palmer, Palmer, had a, uh, Palmer had a nice game, four for 30, gets bailed up by the touchdown. But eight targets, again, played over 90% of the snaps. And he drew a big DPI. So a couple of bad throws that were just off. Yeah. That I didn't blame on him. Uh, that I, Just bad throws from Herbert. So uh, good for those that stuck with Palmer. Belge out at the very end. Concern here about Austin Eckler? I do because of, number one, the Sony Michelle carry in the red zone was red flag. Number one where it's like, Sony why? Michelle had more goal line carries than Eckler. He had two. Yes. Eckler had one. The fact that Michelle didn't convert it I think is good for people that yes. have Eckler. But, but still, I, I mean, now PPR, he's always going to get his, right? He's just nine catches, 55 yards. Yep. Eckler is 10 targets. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. It was a very horizontal offense from the yeah. Chargers. A lot of that swing pass to Eckler and over and over and over again will make someone miss 10 yards. Yeah. But if you're looking for touchdown production right now and pure rushing production, I don't think this is a trend that's going to turn the right corner personally. Here's the concern. Last year, Eckler, as you talk about the goal line, because that's one of the big things with Eckler. We all know about the passing down usage and the passing game usage is that's asked and answered. That's Eddie. always as yeah. steady Eddie. The question going into last year was would they use this guy at the goal line? Because the previous year, two years ago, he'd had very few touchdowns. He was my ride or die last year because I'm like, no, 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 Lombardi wants to use him like Camaro. They're going to use him at the goal line. This is somebody that has three years ago had scored double digit touchdowns. So I believe it will happen. And last year, of course, the 20 touchdowns. Concern is this year, as we heard talk in the offseason, like, hey, I don't want 250 carries again. Like, I, they want to limit my workload, so they bring in Sonny Michelle. They use Josh Kelly, yeah. candidly, more than I thought they should last night. Uh, they did. Um, we'll see if Isaiah Spiller gets out there at some point this year as well. Under, he played over 70% of the running back carries inside the five-yard line in 2021. This year, he's played under 63% of the snaps in both games this year. He only went under that percentage six different times last year. So, at least early on, seems like they're easing him in. Now, again, road game. Short week, on a division. Let's see what happens next week when he's had 10 days to rest. I mean, you know, again, Eckler, you know, smaller guy. He's had hammy issues. So I just, I'm concerned. I do think in terms of an actionable item, I don't think there's anything. I'm not trying to buy low on Austin Eckler because I don't think you can. No. Like, you know, so if he was running back three before the, you know, maybe he's running back eight if you drafted today. But he's still an RB1 because he's still getting a decent amount of usage on a very good offense. And then the other thing is, is that, I'm not trying to – so I don't think you're going to be able to – I don't think you'll be able to buy low. And I don't think I'm selling, you know, low no, because no, no. it's like the upside of Eckler is worth more than whatever, quote-unquote, margin you might get. Now, if somebody wanted to trade you Saquon Barkley for Eckler, 
Okay, then I'm thinking about that. Yeah. But that's the only trade that you might be able to get with. And I think after week one, I think that would be very hard to do. So I'm just going to stay patient here with Austin Eckler. Worth noting is that um, uh, that line by the Chargers just, I mean, beat up left and right. A lot that's of new why, faces. Herbert was on his back all the time. I mean, again, we should talk, and we'll see, you know, uh, Coach Brandon Staley said he thought Herbert would be fine. He's getting more x-rays today. If we get news on that before the show ends, we will update you on that. Obviously, 10 days before, uh, before Herbert plays again. But watch that news. Two things here. Number one is watch the news on Herbert. If you have Herbert as a quarterback, obviously nothing you can do. Still had big numbers last night. But if we find out that potentially he might miss time, that, that the injury is more serious than they thought of at the end of last night, pick up a quarterback that has a good matchup week three before the game start. You know, you're not picking up Chase Daniel. No. So, like, no. I'm just saying, if you're a fantasy manager with Herbert, look ahead. Don't wait for the games and then go into waivers next Tuesday. Be smart and figure out your starting quarterback for next week. Again, if we find out the news on Herbert is worse than what we hope it will be. But I think that pass rush is one of the reasons why Eckler was so involved in the passing game. Get your insurance before the flood. Pick yes. up that quarterback right now. There you go. I, I, like, that. So. I like that statement. Gerald Everett's a thing. He is absolutely a thing. Uh, Ten targets. That was the team lead. 50-yard games both weeks so far. Even with Xander Horvath, the fullback, getting end zone. I mean, that's another reason to not worry about Eckler, not worry yeah, about guys like, like that's not gonna, Horvath. That's touchdown. not going to continue throughout the entire no, season, no, no, the rest no. of the month. But Gerald Everett, is this somebody that you can – we've been waiting how many years? You've been waiting how many years for this? That you can put in the lineup and walk away finally and say, every week I trust this guy. Assuming Herbert's healthy? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, a lot of people made this point that after that long run – to get the Chargers down by the goal line, Everett was like, hey, I want to come out. He was gassed, but they're going hurry up, so he has to get there. He runs kind of a sloppy route, and that the pick six for the Chiefs might have been more on Everett than Herbert. You know, Herbert's got to have situational awareness. Yeah. My guy's gassed. Go somewhere else with, yeah. his, with his throw. Whatever. But the, they still, even still, and you saw them talking on the sidelines if you watch the broadcast, next drive, he's going to Everett. And, and that, that, again, the guttiest backdoor cover in history, what he do to get him there? <laughs> It was a lot of Everett on that final yeah. drive. So uh, Everett's out there in some leagues. I, I, he won't be after this week. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in on Gerald Everett. He was somebody we talked about a couple weeks ago as well. He was a preseason sleeper for me. And so far, he's been paying off uh, in a big way. We talked about him. Uh, so, yeah, Gerald Everett is a thing. Uh, let's see. I uh, just want to uh, remind oh, you, you want to do the promo read? Let's do it. Because it's all, all right. about me. Yeah, remind everybody of the fantasy football pregame. Be sure to check out our new Sunday show, Fantasy Football Pregame at 11 a.m. live on Peacock. It's a one-stop shop for your NFL fantasy and betting needs. Get your sit, start questions answered using the hashtag FFPregame. Me, Michael Smith, Mike Florio, Jason Garrett going to stop by this week to talk about what the Cowboys do without Dak Prescott. Uh, so I think that'll be great help. as well. PeacockTV.com. Download the app if you don't have it. Because if you're watching this, you probably already have it. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Passing out popcorn. You got a good question, you get popcorn. <laughs> Shake his mind. Off limits. I might give you some popcorn because that question, it was over with. You might have to get the shake and it was off limits. I'm starting to do that. I demand, producers, make a note here. I would like popcorn and milkshakes at every happy hour so when Connor or Jay asks me a good question, I can reward them. And then when they ask a bad question, I can take it away. I just like that. That's what I would like to do. I like I'll be here every day. That. Absolutely. There you go. Popcorn fiend. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm so in on popcorn. Oh, how could... I, like, do you, Goat are snack. you, are you total, do you, um, what is your go-to popcorn? Oh, just movie theater butter. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not a butter guy. Oh, I'm dangerously. Oh, you're all in on the butter. Yeah, okay. more butter than, than less salt. Yeah. Young and guy, I'll just sit young there guy with, with a bowl. Young guy with no cholesterol yeah. problems. That's oh, what well. that is. Right there. <laughs> Clock's That's ticking. exactly what that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, with me. But, but kettle corn. I'm all oh. in on, kettle corn is like, that is my, uh. That is my drug of choice. That's man. a at that a festival. Is, like I could walk around with the you know three oh, yeah. pounds and slump it over my shoulder. Yeah. Anyway, cuddle corn. So <laughs> something to think uh, about. So that is Lamar Jackson having fun with the media. Um, yeah. No contract, but certainly is able to afford uh, a shake and popcorn there. Uh, Lamar Jackson off to a good start so far, and looks like he might have J.K. Dobbins back this week as we get into our Roto World headlines. Here for week number two. He, of course, did not practice in week one. How are you feeling about him? He had back-to-back full practices on Wednesday and Thursday. We haven't got as of as of this taping. We haven't gotten the practice report for the Ravens. But the expectation here is that J.K. Dobbins is on track to make his debut this week, which is great news. I long-term love J.K. Dobbins. Short-term. I would not even play him this week looking at the Miami defense. And here's my other question, Matthew, that's very significant. Mm. They lost their second-string left tackle against the Jets last week and Juwan James for the season. If Ronnie Stanley, who they're very delicate with, slowly ramping up, he hasn't played a lot the last two years, if Ronnie Stanley's not good to go, they're on their third-string left tackle. The offensive line had its highs and lows against the Jets week one. Kenyon Drake got 11 of those 15 carries for the offense. I like J.K. Dobbins' usage long-term and where that line will be, but against a good Miami team, this feels like a wait-and-see to me. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on sort of what your running back situation is. I mean, of course, I, yep. I currently – and as we get through the weekend, I think we'll get more clarity from Harbaugh and the beat reporters in terms of what kind of workload. They may even say, hey, we're gonna, he's going to be active, but we'll put him on a pitch count, as it were. And so – I currently have him as a running back 41. My guess is okay. he probably sneaks up into the, you know, into the high 30s you know, with more confidence that he's going to play. But I think he is, he is a touchdown-dependent flex play is what he is. If you're starting yeah. him, I agree with you because I think he's never been a massive workload guy. No. Like he's always been a 12 to 15 touch guy, but their offensive line is so good. They're in scoring position so often, so usually there's some touchdown equity there. Um, we don't know what his passing game usage was. Kenyon Drake actually looked pretty decent last week. Like, yeah. And so – What's his workload like? First game back, 
Is he only getting like eight to ten touches? You're banking. He, so you're banking on a score, which, by the way, he absolutely could get. Yeah. You're gonna. You're bank on a score there, as you see it here on your screen. For those listening at home, you're not seeing it, but we're looking at the Ravens' rushing stats in Week One against the Jets. Kenyon Drake, eleven for thirty-one. Mike Davis is two for eleven. Just fumbled still, one of those. Fumbled one of those. Lamar Jackson was the second leading rusher, six for seventeen. You know, L. Jackson is going to get his as well. It's interesting. Uh, Baltimore opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite here. Feels like Miami. I know some of the Sharps are on Miami. Like I feel like this could be a um, – especially when you think about the offensive line issues that the Ravens are, are dealing with. The game's in Baltimore, but um, this feels like more of a pick to me than, uh, than the Ravens getting points. I agree. A pick and an under. I, yeah. I think that the public is just looking at Tua and going after watching – listen, Tua's better than Joe Flacco. But Joe Flacco got devoured by that Ravens front, bringing pressure. I think they're looking at Tua and fearing the same thing. This might be a game where Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle get eight screens apiece. Yeah, 100%. And I wouldn't blame Mike McDaniel if that's the route he goes. Yeah, so the Dolphins, who played in week one, the Dolphins played the Patriots. Really good rushing. I mean, for all the things that the Patriots offenses run, they usually can run the ball. They stop the run and run the ball. Yeah, fifth fewest rushing yards allowed in week number one, the Dolphins, uh, you know, against the Patriots team that wanted to run the ball. Let's move on to Indianapolis now. And this one's a big one. Scary. Right. Michael Pittman missed practice on Thursday. And so I, be- I believe, and someone get in my ear and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Michael Pittman was limited in Wednesday and then downgraded to. Oh, that's and, correct. Yeah, and downgraded to no practice on Thursday. And that's always a red flag when somebody goes the opposite way that you want on a practice report. After practicing at least somewhat on Wednesday, didn't practice out on Thursday. Again, let's see what happens on Friday. I'm being told I did have that right. There you go. First for everything. Bad a thousand. Right, yeah. Broken clocks right twice a day. Um, boy, oh boy. This is If Michael Pittman misses this game, a tasty matchup against the Jaguars, Connor. Uh, this is this is I, by the way. If Pittman's out for this game, give me the Jags at home to win outright. Okay, you like the upset. I like the upset. I don't think that's crazy at all, especially with how slow the Colts' offense started. I mean, they had three points in three quarters, and then they turned it on the fourth. It was panic time against right. the Texans, and it was like, oh, we're back. This is regular season. We need to score. I think you made a great point about Pittman. The limited practice Wednesday and then no practice Thursday. When that's a 35-year-old vet, it's considered a rest day. That is not him. So something reacted the wrong way. So right. even if he does gut this one out, you just wonder where he is status-wise. Hot, but, hot, like, it's going to be a hot September in Jacksonville. It's going to be sweaty, muggy, sweaty, sweaty be awful, on the grass. Like, this one just doesn't – bad juju, you know, bad vibes yeah. uh, from this one. If Michael Pittman were to miss this game, you're obviously you're not getting anywhere near uh, Matt Ryan. It would be obviously a heavy Jonathan Taylor game. I could see uh, Naheem Hines, who had six for 50 in week one, being even more involved in this passing game. I can't imagine you want any Colts pass catcher no. outside of maybe Hines, you know, the running back. Like, you're not starting Ashton Doolin or Paris Campbell or – The Mo Alley-Cox or, prayer. Right, Mo, right, exactly. The Hail Mary. You know, I, I'm obsessed with Mo Alley-Cox, <laughs> but even I'm like, eh, eh, you know, wait a minute there. And, and you know, like, right – Alec Pierce, like you're just you're staying away. Just quickly, I'll give you a couple of oh, wide receivers out there in about 50% of leagues in Yahoo. If you're looking for someone to go pick up, Russell Gage is interesting to me at 40%. Although we're, we're going to talk about Tampa Bay in a second. Um, DJ Shark is available in about 47% of leagues. He had a nice game. That should be a high-scoring game between my uh, undefeated first-place Commanders <laughs> and the Detroit Lions. 
Speaking of my undefeated first place, Washington Commanders, Jahan Dotson had the two scores. Big He's game. out there. He's out there in about 60% of leagues. And, hey, Robbie Anderson, the ghost of Robbie Anderson, made a big appearance. The Baker feud is, is no more. It would appear not, and they're playing the Giants. So you like that matchup as well. So those are some quick guys there. Let's move on. And this, one's, this one didn't feel like a big deal, but now it seems now like this. it might be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara yeah. no, did not practice Thursday. Rib injury. Obviously, Kamara's not a guy that needs a full week of practice all the time, but this sounds like it's leaning more towards a will not play. And then you have Mark Ingram sitting there, who's also he, banged up. He's a little bit, he was listed as questionable. The fact that Kamara, like they said, like he played the game, but then they were like, oh, it's just a little in, rib injury, who's fine. But then he didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. And so then, and also telling, uh, the Saints signed Latavius Murray, who they obviously have history with, to their practice squad. So again, that's just, you sort of look at that. Tra- why are you signing Latavius Murray if you know you've got a fully healthy Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram? Yeah. You're not. Yeah. So just there's clearly some at least at least there's some concern, Connor, in terms of running back depth uh, in New Orleans. Mark Ingram's out there in a ton of leagues. Mark Ingram needs to be rostered in 100 percent of leagues. Okay. Because if Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara is rostered in 100 percent of leagues, right? And if Alvin Kamara misses, we expect it to be the Mark Ingram show. He is trending towards playing again. Got in limited practice each last two days. He's listed as questionable. We expect him to. Last week he filled in for Alvin Kamara two weeks, weeks 10 and 11. And in those two games, he averaged 18.1 fantasy points per game. He got 40 touches, 221 scrimmage yards, and a touchdown. Now, they're playing Tampa Bay. That is a very tough run defense to go up against. Mark Ingram's game is north-south. That is exactly what the Buccaneers defend well. So I'm not sitting here saying, like, I think he gets 18.1 fantasy points. But do I think he could possibly fall into the end zone? Do I think he's going to get a decent enough usage that he could be a a viable flex, a viable RB2 if you're sitting there desperate because you lost lost Kamara and you also – you, you know, you don't have somebody else. Right? Yeah, you he know, can whatever. still catch the ball. It's not like he's completely useless in the pass game as well. Okay. I like falling to the end zone. It sounds like a drunk stumble across the goal line. And, hey, we, six, are, we are at the happy hour. Six points. It's but, Friday. Like, I have to tell you, people have stumbled out of this bar. And by people, I mean <laughs> this guy. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just so you know. All right. Uh, so that's Alvin Kamara. Um, we will see. Just so you know, um, he, yeah, he did not practice in the portion open. It's one to, to watch today. One to, absolutely, that's a huge one. Pittman and Kamara, to me, are the two biggest ones. Sigh relief out of Tampa Bay. After Julio Jones and Mike Evans did not practice each of the last two days, both back at practice today, you know, Todd Bowles saying all wide receivers have a chance to play, but we got this alert from the Fantasy Life app. Shout out, shout out to the Fantasy Life app. Free to download. Just try it out. If you hate it, delete it because it's a free app, but I'm just saying the alerts are second to none. On the Fantasy Life app, fantasylifeapp.com. I'm a company man, my company. All right, um, but feels like Godwin, very unlikely to play. Evans and Julio, though, have a chance here. And Julio looked really good in the game. He had, obviously, fresh legs, much needed. I think here's my take on the Julio situation. I I think at this point of his career, the Bucs signing him almost as their fourth wide receiver, he's not a guy that's going to practice a lot this year. So when you see the did not practice Wednesday – and even when you see it on Thursday, he's a rare exception that you don't panic. You go, let's see if he can do the walkthrough Friday. Let's see where he's at. And if they're down somebody else, you could fire him up. This is just the, the pathway when you roster Julio Jones at this point. Not Basically a 19% target share last week. He had two carries in yeah. week number one. He, he looked the, explosive. He had the second most snaps at wide receiver behind Mike Evans. And then, by the way, go to my love-hate. Julio Jones on the love list because what? think about how this game plays out. It's going to be Marshawn Lattimore matched up against Mike Evans. He has really had success against Evans. I think they played nine – off the top of my head, I think they played nine career games, and like in seven of them, he's basically shut down with Mike Evans. You are yeah. hope if you're 
you're probably starting Mike Evans because I don't know they have better options, but he's not the top. Ten, he's not a top ten guy for me. He's probably more of a you know low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three because if he comes in less than 100 percent and he's got Lattimore. What you're basically hoping for is a jump ball touchdown, which he can get. Sure. Like, that, they run those red zone plays for him. He's a big, tall guy. You can't teach six or seven. He will get – he's got as good a shot at a touchdown as any wide receiver in the NFL every single week. But that's what you're hoping for. So I do think the, the middle of the field, the underneath stuff, Julio and Russell Gage, I think that's – Lenny will get his as well. But I do th- – I think this is actually a good Julio Jones game. Julio in the NFC South. He knows these Saints well. He – on the turf. It's early in the year. It's early in so the year. He's still healthy. Yeah, yeah I, I like Julio this week. Uh, on the flip side, not healthy. He feels like ever. Kadarius Tony, so, right now. I took a screenshot of this tweet that I saw just before we went on air. I want to read it directly. So this is, uh, this is from at uh, ddugan21. Covers the Giants yep. for the uh, Athletic. Does a great job. Dan Dugan. So he quote tweeted himself. So the first tweet he said was, Dayball said Kadarius Tony's hamstring tightened up during yesterday's practice. Same leg that was injured during camp. Then Dugan quote tweets himself and adds this. There have been 19 games during Tony's career. He's been on the injury report in 14 of those weeks. Of the five weeks he wasn't on the injury report, he left two of those games with injuries. Like, we get the talent, but, like, you know, the best ability is availability, yes. right? How many times do you hear that? Like, yes. And now he's got a new coaching staff and a new regime that's just like, dude, you ain't our guy. They drafted his replacement in Wondell Robinson. A thousand percent. On day two of the draft. By the way, and think about this. If you're Brian Dayball, you're like, he's not, look, I'm going to, finally, I've been, a, I've been an assistant coach for, I don't know, what is it, 400 a years? A long time. I think, I think he was 21. So what, he's finally getting his shot. And the Giants are like, look, we got to, he's, he's coming over with Joe Shane, like his guy, and like, we're going we're gonna to give you five years, you know, like we know we've, Gettleman totally screwed the cap. So you're like, all right, yeah, yeah, this is a year I'm going to take it on the chin. I get it. But then they're like, well, hey, we're in this game with Tennessee. And then Dayball's like, screw it. We're going for it. Yeah. So, right. And they, and they convert the two-point. Now they're 1-0. And now they sit there and like, hey, well, holy crap. We, we beat Tennessee on the road. We're 1-0. Wait a minute. Now we're at home to Carolina? Winnable game. We can beat Carolina. Yes. And then they look, oh, who do we got next week? We got the Cowboys without Dak Co- Prescott. The Cooper Rush game. The Cooper Rush game. Like, all of a sudden, you, you start sitting there going, you know what? Maybe. Hey, we – Okay. And the guys in the locker room start buying it. And the whole point of that is, is like, I ain't counting on you, Kadarius Tony, because every time I've counted on you, or the previous regime has counted on you, yeah. they ain't here anymore. So I, the, the, the report was that he was practicing with the third string, right? He played seven snaps in week one. He is welcome to Dumpsville. Yeah, there's no I, I, reason like, to roster him. There's no reason to roster him. Like, when you can't, like, I mean, like, he, so... Richie James. Richie James. Return got, specialist. Richie James... You know, a, a generally a special teamer in his career, 5 for 59. Kenny Galladay played ahead of him, Sterling Shepard, 2 for 71 and a touchdown. I think he's really interesting. He's out there in a bunch of leagues. He came back healthier from that. He came back quicker than we thought. Yep. Sterling Shepard's always been able to play. Daniel Health Jones really likes him, too. Looks his yes. way a lot. Yes, they definitely have a connection. Then Wando Robinson, he left that game early. He just had the one reception for five yards. He's missed practice again this week. I don't know that you can trust any of those guys against Carolina, except maybe Sterling Shepard in a deeper league. A 12-team league where you're playing three wide receivers and you, you have a couple – you know, you, you didn't have Keenan Allen. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, he's in the 40s for me. But I do think Sterling Shepard is an interesting kind of guy. I've picked him up in a few leagues uh, because, you're right, there, there is talent. There is a history of fantasy production. There is a connection with Daniel Jones. And you look at the rest of the guys. Look, we love Wando Robinson here. You know, I, I, patience on Wando Robinson. Better days are ahead of, for Wando Robinson. I would not drop him just yet. 
But Kadarius Tony, welcome to Dumpsville. All right, I'm being told we need to go to break. That's the rumor. That is the, uh, that's the rumor. All right, when we come back, we got, we've got some rankings questions, ranking questions that you've asked, rankings questions that Connor have asked. I will answer. Connor will answer. We're doing, uh, we're doing a lot of that. In the meantime, we're going to drink up on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Back after this. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. A lot of people are asking, where can you find my content? And by a lot of people, I mean myself in a different voice. Hey, Matthew, where can I find your content? The answer is everywhere, including right here on Peacock, PeacockTV.com. Full episodes of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour and Fantasy Football Pregame available on Peacock. Full episodes and clips of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour available on Peacock and on the new NFL on NBC YouTube channel. You can, of course, listen 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts to this show. You can also listen live, NBC Sports Audio, Channel 85 on Sirius XM. NBCSportsEdge.com for rankings, columns, my love, hate, and more, RotoWorld.com. And, of course, please follow me on social media, where I am at MatthewBerryTMR on all forms of social media except the Fantasy Life app where I'm merely at Matthew Berry. Come follow me on TikTok. I'm trying to, I'm trying to up my talk game. That's what the kids say, right? That's <laughs> Especially what, with those that, dance this moves. This is all with his dance moves, exactly. You do that. Yeah, exactly. Eight million go viral. views. Eight million views. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting there on, the, on TikTok, but uh, TikTok and the gram, the Twitter, <sighs> at Matthew Berry, TMR. Where are you? Where, where can we find you? Instagram, Connor James Rogers. Twitter, Connor J. Rogers. TikTok. Not we'll, doing get, the we'll get there. Yet. We'll right, get there. That's fine. We'll get okay. there. Good at time. Connor J. Rogers on Twitter, at Connor James Rogers on the gram. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's talk some rankings now, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> rankings discord here. We basically want to go through Roto World's rankings, see where you're higher or lower, and no we're better. Right. We're no, right. Yeah, we're right. Where I'm right and where the other Roto World consensus rankers are wrong. I yeah, it. that's the real way to put it. Thank no you. No politics uh, aside here. Yeah. We've got to start with the Rams' backfield. Yep. Right. There's a lot going on here, or maybe nothing going on. It's as simple as Daryl Henderson being the guy. Roto World has him as RB24. You have him. Uh, I have him as running back 18. So you are significantly higher. Yeah, did, that in your ma- did that math in your head That's, all by yourself. Well, I went to school. Pretty much. Very impressive. Yeah, mathematician over here. Albany. Albany. SUNY. Okay. SUNY, SUNY product. SUNY product. They all say right. I'm the pride of the SUNY system. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't know that anyone would argue that because <laughs> yes. I don't know that anyone else We don't have it. much. No, exactly. It's my, a low uh, bar to clear. At my graduation, the guy that founded Chobani spoke, if you want to put it in perspective. Okay, fair so enough. So we're in the, the yogurt business. Understood. Yeah, I yeah. know Chobani. Yeah, yeah, sure. I yeah. went to Syracuse, so you know, Prime we're both time. upstate New York brethren. Down the road. Brethren. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 
All right, so because they're going to want to clip this, so let me just reset here. <laughs> Daryl Henderson, I have at 18, uh, higher than the consensus rank of 24, 55 12. That is how much he outsnapped Cam Akers in week one. He had carried Akers 13 to 3, he got five targets, Akers got zero. Um, from weeks one through eight last year, remember, Daryl Henderson was the sixth best running back in fantasy. And by the way, just this is my question for you and for all the Cam Akers defenders, because Cam Akers was on my, my preseason hate list. So if you're sitting there crying into your spilt milk about, oh, what are we going to do with Cam Akers? I spent a third-round pick on Cam Akers, even a fourth-round pick on Cam Akers. That's it's your, your fault. own fault. Because this is a committee. Because my question to you, Connor J. Rogers, and my question to America, when was the last time that we saw Cam Akers beat Cam Akers? Man, it's a long time. Here, here's the very summed up Cam Akers. Since wrote. returning from last playoffs, since returning, and oh, again, no, medical, no, no, just not medical miracle. I mean, medical miracle that he was able to come back that quickly. Sure, and talented running back who will be good again. I'm, I'm not sitting here crapping on Cam, Cam Akers as a player or a person. What we're talking about here is week two. But since returning from the playoffs last year, he's averaging 2.3 yards per carry. He's got 175 yards on 75 carries. He's got merely 11 receptions in six games. He's literally falling forward. And by the way, Henderson has looked good. Now, if you were starting Cam Akers, so I'm just sort of thinking about this. The reason he made the hate list this week, Cam Akers did, and why I'm, you know, pro Daryl Henderson, is because, like, you can't start Cam Akers. You can't start him until you see him. So now you're going, now you're thinking about, okay, I want, I'm start. Henderson's going to, they're going to run the ball. We expect them to be favored and up a lot against the Falcons. McVay's going to want to get that running game going. So maybe Akers gets some run to try to get him going. But this is going to be the Daryl Henderson show who looked good. You know, one of the few bright spots against the Bills was that Henderson actually didn't look as terrible as the rest of the offense. I mean, him and Cooper Cup were the only, th- only guys that really got the ball moving at all in any way. At the Rams' 10-point favorite, so it's a game where you're hoping for maybe not garbage time but run out the clock. Yeah. But is Cam Akers even that guy right now coming no. off the Achilles? Is he the guy, hey – we got to feed somebody the ball. I don't the, even think he's that guy in that backfield right now. The news coming out of L.A. after that game, there's been rumors that, like, he's in the doghouse. Now, how long is he in the doghouse for? Why is he in the doghouse? But the fact of the matter is, is that McVay is a player's coach. McVay is very much a player's coach. He's, very, he's young. He's very in tune with the locker room. And locker room guys know, like, hey, man, if that guy's performing, that guy can't come off the field. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like, he can't suddenly pull Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson did nothing wrong. Like, you can't send that message saying, like, we got a, we got a more famous guy. Because we drafted know, him in the second round. Because we drafted right, exactly. It doesn't work like right. that for No, McVay. no, you can't. Like, when Henderson's been out there, he's been productive. He's healthy. He's out there now. This is going to be the Daryl Henderson show. Again, at home, they've had 10 days to prepare for the Falcons, to your point, double-digit favorites. All right, looking over to your commanders, Antonio Gibson coming in as RB16 on the Roto World rankings. I know you are going to be higher on this one, but how much higher? Well, first off, I think you referred to them wrong. What you meant to say is Antonio Gibson on my first place and undefeated, somehow outrageously an underdog to the Lions. MVP Washington candidate Commanders. Carson Wentz. I'm just, I mean, he's 1-0. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, uh, Matt Ryan's 0-0-1. Carson Wentz is 1-0. The haters just, are I furious. I mean, like, numbers are numbers. Yes. Numbers are numbers. I, say what you want about Carson Wentz, but, like, he didn't tie the Texans in week one. <laughs> God, he didn't the shot, tie the Texans the in week one. Coming. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, here's what I will say about Antonio Gibson. I'm at running back 13. He comes in at 16 in the consensus rings. We all have him as a top 20 play. Brian Robinson's not going to play in this game. And no. I think what people like about Antonio Gibson, obviously, is the passing game usage. Uh, there was concerns in the preseason, obviously, because of Brian Robinson, but he's obviously not going to play in this game. Antonio Gibson, a converted wide receiver from college, 
mean, this is somebody who was really effective as a receiver in college. He had to learn the running back position, not the receiver yeah. position. So he's always had really good hands. He had eight targets, second most on the team. He had 72 receiving yards, led the team in receiving yards. So, again, eight targets for 72 in the passing game. Lions last week gave up the third most rushing yards in week number one. You can run against them. You can pass against them. And then, again, you, you think, what, what does Scott Turner and Ron Rivera, the head coach, and the, Turner's the OC, Rivera, obviously, the head coach, what do they like in Antonio Gibson? That um, They love that versatility. If Jaden McKissick's out there, you're a defensive coordinator, you're like, all right, this is likely a pass. But with Gibson, you can run up the middle, you can bring, you can bring Curtis Samuel into the backfield, you can, you can do all sorts of different things with Gibson, be creative with that offense. And so in a, in a game in which we expect them to be able to move the ball effectively against that Lions defense, Gibson should be heavily involved in both facets of the game. Good chance at falling into the end zone as well. I'm at running back 13. I'm with you. Gibson uh, against the, li- the Lions linebackers is a really good matchup. I don't yeah. think the Lions linebackers can run with him. All right, moving over to Cleveland, Nick Chubb. Roto World, very high on him mm. after a big week, coming in as RB11. I know you are lower. This I is am. going to be a slop of a game. Joe Flacco, Jacoby Brissett, that screams run, run, run. But does that mean production? Well, first off, I think this is important to note. The Roto World rankings, so this isn't a totally fair exercise. It is candidly a completely made-up uh, segment by my producers just to try Would to get scheme me. this? Yeah, they, this is, they schemed it. This is exactly I what like, they've done. They've nice. schemed this. They have um, they've manufactured a segment, if you will, to, to allow me to talk about some interesting guys in the ranks. But the fact is, is that the way the Roto World ranks do are half-point PPR because that's what's tied to Yahoo. My ranks specifically, because my audience is PPR. So just to be clear, when I rank, and we, we make this clear when you read the rankings, but just if you, if you haven't checked out my rankings on NBCSportsEdge.com or RotorWorld.com, my rankings are specifically for PPR leagues. And so in a PPR league, he doesn't catch the balls. One, that's the number of targets that Nick Chubb got in week one. One, and honestly, that was more than I thought he would get. I mean, like, I mean so again, is it, is it, for those watching the show, you can see it here on your screen. Kareem Hunt, four receptions to just the one for Nick Chubb. 24 receiving yards for Hunt, two for, uh, for Nick Chubb. Uh, look, Nick Chubb ultimately got 23 total touches, and Kareem Hunt got 15 total touches. So he out-touched him, but it wasn't like two to one or anything like no. that. This is like a this is a 60-40 backfield. So you've got a 60-40 backfield. Kareem, Kareem Hunt, I should say, sorry, Kareem Hunt had 33% of the running back carries. He obviously had a lot more of the passing game work. So this is basically like a 60-40 backfield. Chubb to Hunt. He's not involved in the passing game, and so ultimately with Nick Chubb. You need him to score to pay off. I mean, again, like the Jets, by the way, for all the we want to make fun of the Jets, they held the Ravens, the Ravens, to 63 rushing yards yeah. in week number one, in a game in which the Ravens, you know, pretty much controlled that game. Now, again, they were running out Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis, whatever, and they had Lamar Jackson. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. But the Jets are not a pushover run defense is what I would say. I think they're like a middle of the pack. You're, uh, they are one of the most expensive defensive lines in football. Right. And it's not bad money. They're on the field. Carl yeah, Lawson, John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, they're on the field. Yeah, exactly. So, so, I mean, so my point is, it's, it's, people see the Jets and like, oh, there's a pushover. And I'm like, it's not, it's not a pushover, especially not a pushover defensive line. He's not involved in the passing game. So in essence, look, I'm at 16. You're still starting Nick Chubb. Sure. But why do I not have him as a borderline RB1? Why do I not have him you know, against the Jets? Because, again, no passing game usage. He's going to need a touchdown to pay off. Um, to be a top 10 running back this week. Otherwise, it's just a volume play. And again, when Kareem Hunt's out there, Kareem Hunt's going to play. 33% of the running back carries, let alone the passing game work. 33%, like, 
So Nick Chubb is basically getting no passing down work in seven. It's you know seventy percent, sixty-seven percent of the running back carries. I, that's I hate to talk down Nick Chubb because because yeah. on a pure running basis, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. I mean, just forgetting fantasy, just yep. like talent-wise, the guy's awesome. But fantasy-wise, like you want running backs that catch passes. Yeah. So well, one thing to keep an eye on with the Browns, maybe the return of right tackle Jack Conklin. That would we'll help. See. On and on, that would help the run game a lot. Uh, not guaranteed to return for week two. All right, moving over to wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, coming in as wide receiver 15 for Order World. So pretty high for Hollywood Brown. Obviously, Arizona just trying to figure out who they have. Hopkins suspended. Rondell Moore already ruled out for this game. It right. should be the Hollywood show, but you're right. a little lower on him. Uh, you know, I mean, is it the Hollywood show or is it the Greg Dort show? Uh, right, you know, America. I'm desperate and had to pick up Dorch, so I hope yeah. it's the Greg Dorch show. Yeah, I think what's important here is that it's not the Andy Isabella show, <laughs> Damien. It's not the Andy Isabella show, Damien. We got a guy on our show that's obsessed with Andy Isabella. Oh, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's li- it's li- it's Mama Isabella and Damien Dabrowski. Just so you know, that's like literally the, the only two people in America that care about Andy Isabella. <laughs> um, you know, maybe like three desperate dynasty uh, managers that have had him on their team forever. Uh, yeah, this one was a weird one, right? In a game in which, you, to your point, no Rondell Moore, no De- DeAndre Hopkins last week, and they got waxed. So, I mean, like, positive game script for, you would think Marquise Brown would have gone off. Like, I mean, yeah. they're just getting absolutely waxed gar- so much by the Chiefs. Be had. And he got a 16.7% target share. The same number as James Conner. James, in a game in which they're getting waxed, Kyler Murray, one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL, and this deep threat that they, they traded a first-rounder to go get, 16% target share. Same as their running back. His last game with more than 60 yards came in week nine of last season. It's a long time ago. We expect a lot of fireworks here against the Raiders, and this should be a, a, a game, but, you know, those numbers concern me. Now, here's what's positive. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. It's another week into the system. Obviously, they realize they've got to figure something out. Um, the Cardinals, because what they were trying didn't work. I think it'll be an easier matchup against the Raiders than the Chiefs in terms of defensively. And by the way, he's still one play. You know, he's one of those guys that all he needs is one play to make your day. He's too talented. He comes in at wide receiver 20 for me. But yes, I am lower than him, lower on him than the consensus ranks. They have him as wide receiver 15. I'm just, when you're getting an under percent, under 20% target share, you know, in a game in which you're getting blown out and where they don't have a lot of other passing options, that gives me a pause. Be like, hmm, makes me nervous. All right, back to gives you a chicken, chicken player. Yeah, a little bit chicken. Yeah, yeah. he's a little, little bit of a chicken player. Yeah. Okay. Back, back to Washington. Terry McLaurin only two receptions in Week One. Carson Wentz spread the ball around a lot. They score a lot of points. Had a lot of production. Uh, Rotor World has him as wide receiver twenty. This was one that you are significantly higher coming in at wide receiver twelve. What do you like about the Terry McLaurin bounce back this week? First off, he's a good player. He's a great player. By, by the way, I mean bounce back. He, he had only two catches, but 55 yards, had the touchdown. Yeah. You were fine. If you drafted McLaurin and you started wasn't him last week. It wasn't a dud It wasn't a dud performance. And, again, follow the money. As much as I like Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson and Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson, make no mistake, Terry McLaurin is the alpha in that passing offense for my first place undefeated Washington Commanders. Right? I mean, there's a reason why he got paid so much money in the uh, preseason. Two for 58 and a touchdown. Sorry, not two for 55. Think about what A.J. Brown did against these, these Lions. 10 for 155, 25.5 fantasy points last week. I don't believe that in a normal games, a normal situation, 
that McLaurin has less targets than Antonio Gibson or Curtis Samuel or even Jahan, Jahan Dotson. Dotson. Like, yeah. he's going to get fed. He's still the focal point of that offense. They're still going to take shots to him. 13 of the 17 regular season games in 2021, he was targeted six or more times. And the success of the other guys, the Samuel, the Dotson, the Gibson, uh, last week, I think opens things up for Terry McLaurin. They should be able to throw and throw often uh, against the Lions. He's the best wide receiver on that team. So, yes, in a positive matchup, in a pass-heavy offense, give me Scary Terry. Yeah, Wentz is going to take his shots, as we've seen. For Terry, good and bad. Terry for Terry McScorin. Terry McScorin. Last call is next. Get your orders in, brothers and sisters, friends of the revolution. Let's go. The NFL season is here, and the NBC Sports Predictor app has given you a shot at winning $100,000 by entering Sunday night sevens free contest between the Bears and the Packers. So you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app? Go download it now. Last call, Matthew Berry. Yeah, and one of the uh, one of the props on the NBC Sports Predictor app is Aaron Rodgers' passing yards, and you have a bunch of choices: two to two thirty-nine, two forty to two sixty-nine, two seventy-two ninety-nine, three hundred plus. Current line in Vegas is two hundred forty-eight and a half passing yards, and like, well, that's low. Give me the over there. But then you think, look, here's his passing yards in the last four games against the Bears: two hundred eleven, two forty, two one ninety-five, three forty-one. Three of the last four games. He has not hit that number. Now, he does have four touchdown passes in three of those four games. Do they get a big? The defense is really good. Is there a defensive score in this game? The, I'm sort of feeling the under because I think Me this too. number is going to rise by Sunday night as well. Me too. I'm going to go with the under. I just don't know if they'll need him to drop back 50 times no. and throw for 300 yards in this game. And that number is a little high for me. They're going to ride A.J. Dillon in this game. They're going to dump the ball to Aaron Jones. I think he gets a lot of touchdown passes. I think he has a monster sure. fantasy game here. But if I'm playing the NBC Sports Predictor Act, give me the 200 to 239. I'm with you. The, the very one there. I do think he has, like I said, I think he has a monster fantasy game. He made uh, my love list at home, Lambeau, bad week one, primetime game. Aaron Rodgers, who owns the Bears, will own them once again. But I think because of, I mean, they're double-digit favorites in this one. But I think but because of the good defense and the balanced offense, they want to get Jones going as well. I think it's a more balanced attack. I'd probably, at the moment, take the under on 248. But, again, I'm going to wait. that. I think that line will get higher as we get closer to game time and, uh, you know, kind of the, the buzz around Aaron Rodgers in prime time gets going. All right, listen, it is last call. It's closing time. You, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, Connor Rodgers. Fantasy football pregame. Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, me and Michael Smith right here on Peacock and maybe some other places as well. We will see you soon. Connor J. Rogers, nice job, my friend. Well done. Have a good week, too. We will see you Monday. Peace out. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.